Hello and welcome to another episode of the Black Country Ramble. You are listening to a half West Bromwich Albion, half Wolverhampton Wanderers podcast, where we try to equally represent both sides of the Black Country footballing divide. I, here's our resident West Bromwich Albion fan, am joined by our resident Dingle, uh, sorry, our resident Wolves fan, <laughs> JV. How are you this week? I'm good, mate. Not too bad. Um... <laughs> amazing what sort of seven days can do in in in, in the football world to so feel a, feel a lot a lot more positive uh this time around recording than did, did uh, this time last week but now might generally generally pretty good bud yeah glad to hear um all is good this end as well i think i'm definitely feeling better than i was at 82 minutes in on friday night um yeah yeah just a bit mate We'll get into that anyway. Um, if you are new here, we always start our episodes with a trivia question. Um, you can play along. You can tweet us how you got on with the trivia um, at BCR Pod, where you'll find us on Twitter. You can also review us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be Podbean or Google Podcasts, or just get in touch with us on Twitter. Um, and yes, yeah, share the word. So, JB, I'm going to defer to you now for this week's football trivia. Okay, mate. Yep, no problem. So, I'm going to go fully West Bromwich Albion uh, this, this week. Um, just mix it up a little bit. I feel like I've, I've sort of gone a bit sort of round the week in a bit of my last few trivias. But I'm going to go fully, fully West Brom. I think you'll get it to be fair. Um, but it's quite an interesting one for even the like, Wolves fans with sort of general football knowledge to see if they, they can recollect it. So, there are five players to have scored a Premier League hat-trick for West Brom. Who are they? So that's your question. I mean, if you can name who they were against, um, that'd be even better. But uh, I'll just go for five West Brom players who've scored Premier League hat-tricks. Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. May 2013 against Man United. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I like that. Tick. Peter Odenwingi. February 2012 against Wolves. Did he? I'll have to remember that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, two. Well done, Very mate. Good. Very good. <laughs> um, now, I'm not sure on dates and games for most of the others because sure. they are distant memories. But in terms of who's done it, yeah, I want to say... I want to say Robert Earnshaw... Yes, yeah. he did. So he scored a hat. Yeah, he scored a hat against Charlton back in March two thousand and five. Okay, four-one win. Interesting. So that's three out of the four you've got. Uh, sorry, three out of the five. Apologies. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking would would that Lukaku hat trick have been our last hat trick in the Premier League? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, I can answer that if you want me to. Go on, answer it. It wasn't the last one. Yeah, Berahino? No. Okay. Who then? So Dave Brown never scored. Uh, Rondon? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Rondon. yeah. That was, was in that a three-one win. It was in December 2016. See, the thing about that one is every single one of those goals was a header, I think. Oh, okay. Doesn't surprise uh, me with him. No, he was he was lethal in the air, if I remember yeah. right. Okay, so Earnshaw, Rondon, um Lukaku, Wadamwingi. 
Aku Odomoye. And was that the most recent one? The um, Yes, the Rondon one was the most recent one. Yes, you've got the first one, which is Robert Earnshaw. That was in 05. Mm-hmm. And you've got the most recent one, which was Rondon in 2016. Okay, so then I would probably guess the other one is going to be pre Wingy and Lukaku because I don't think anyone would have got a hat-trick after Lukaku but before Rondon. So, ooh, um, trying to think of strikers that we had who might have got a hat-trick. The, a lot of our top strikers have obviously been championship players. Yeah. Is it a striker? <laughs> um, he no, no. Okay, that's that's why I'm struggling. Then, if I'm trying to think of strikers and he's not a striker, um, oh, it's this is going to be so obvious. To a lot of people at home. I'm trying to think of famous hat tricks and I'm trying to think of wingers or attacking midfielders that might have got a hat trick. It's tough to think of any goal scoring wingers for the Albion. Oh, um, no, never scored enough. Names like Chris Brunt and James Morrison, players who have scored a lot of goals for Albion. Yeah, yeah, sure. Never got a hat trick. Um, I would have said this would have been the hardest one, to be fair. Um, uh, where's he from? Oh, I think that'll give the game away if I tell you exactly where he's from. Okay. He's, he's from Cameroon. Well, now I really am going blank. He's from Cameroon. He's from Cameroon and plays for Albion. Oh, so Choi. Correct. Well yes. Done. Well so done. Enjoy. It's interesting that he got a hat-trick for Albion. At last final day of the season against Newcastle in 2013? No, 2011. 11, yeah. Um, yeah, because he never scored other than that. He was a... He, was a uh, he, got, seven, he got seven goals for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so nearly half of his yeah, goals. Yeah, so, so pretty much 50% of them within, within the one game. Yeah, yeah so he scored a hat-trick against Newcastle at St. James's Park last day of the season uh, and you were final down. So, I remember it well. Well, Choice Story, Story Three, apparently the baggies uh, nicknamed it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> Dantasaurus and all that. Yeah, lovely, <laughs> lovely stuff, JB. Um, as as I said at the top of the pod, if you were playing along and you got that quicker than I did, feel free to um, tweet us with how you got on, and also feel free to propose a football trivia question that might make it to the pod next week. Shall we talk about some recent football? Let's do it, mate. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. um, Last week we started Wolves. I think we started Wolves recently quite a lot. So I I think we'll start Albion chronological. The weekend started with Albion and the weekend started in disaster for Albion. Um, Okay for the first 25 minutes or so. And then Sam Johnston does what Sam Johnston sometimes does and just drops an absolute clangor. This is why Sam Johnston isn't a top, top goalkeeper. And yes, he's in and around the England squad and he, he had a really, really good Premier League season, but it wasn't without mistakes. And this isn't the first time this season that Sam Johnston has cost us points effectively because, yeah, we got back into the game and I'm sure he was really relieved at the end, but 
that changed the game. Albion were, if anything, Albion were the better team before that goal. Um, and Huddersfield really rose to the ascendancy after. The, if, if you haven't seen it, any maybe Wolves fans listening, um, although I'm sure you have, I'm sure it did the rounds on Wolves social media. Uh, Sam Johnston takes a touch um, when he really should just be lumping it first time, boots it against um, Danny Ward and it ricochets into the back of the net. It is like, it's a end of the season nightmare compilation kind of thing. A little bit like Wolves the, the week before when the ball bounced over Jose Sarr and who tapped it in? Who would they? Who were you playing in that game? Oh, oh, Palace. Uh, Palace. Palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. one of them. Um, it's a shocker, or a bit like when Romain Sawyer scored an own goal from twenty-five yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. One of those kind of ones. Well, yeah. As it happened, um, that really knocked the stuffing out of Albion, and it took some good positive attacking changes, um, which is nice because. I, I, one of the criticisms leveled at Bruce, uh, sorry, leveled at Bruce, leveled at Ishmael before Bruce arrived was a lack of flexibility in game, and he made some positive changes. And in the end, Albion showed very rare bit of fight. It, it wasn't really like Albion. It was interesting. Yeah, I've yeah. Got say, I've, I've got to say though, I I said that game was must win in the context of are we going to get back into the playoffs, and um, we didn't win it. And we're not going to get back into the playoffs and 2-2 papers over a lot of cracks because we weren't very good and it wasn't a penalty for the first goal. And if I'm honest, I don't even know if Andy Carroll means to head that into the corner. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know exactly. Listen, I, and I'm a listen. I'm a big advocate of Andy Carroll, by the way. I, I've always liked him and I, lo- I love the way he, I think he's a tri- terrific header of the ball. But um, yeah, he, he wasn't... He reacted he, he after he's headed the ball, doesn't he? Yeah, it's almost oh, yeah. it's almost like he was he was trying to knock it down in a way, but then he's got a better connection than what he thought. It was, it was weird. It looked a great header in real time, yeah. but then when you look at him, he, he looks a little bit awkward when he maybe he just got under it and he's had to readjust. Yeah, that. yeah. He, sure. Either way, it ended up in the back of the net. Albion get a point. Um, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, we we're not going to be getting. We're not going to be finishing outside the playoffs because of that game. Yeah. We're going to be finishing outside the playoffs because of the last 10 games under Ishmael and the first five under Bruce, where we've dropped yeah. like a stone. And Albion Albion had so many chances to arrest that slide and didn't. And now we're trying to build from, from the ground up again. And unfortunately, yeah. we will not have enough. Huddersfield were the better side. If we come up against anyone in the playoffs, if we did get there, I don't think Albion would be able to beat them. We play Fulham tomorrow night. We'll briefly touch on that before before the rest of the uh, the pod because yeah, most people will listen after the Fulham game. Sure, um, but yeah, I I fear for Albion. They're not. They don't belong at that top table at the moment. And yeah, yeah it's it's not. Things aren't looking great. Um, anything you want to add on? On that JB, because I'm happy. No, to... mate. I think I think you've covered it too far. Obviously, I, I watched the game myself. Um, I, I sort of agree with most of his most of his sentiments. Really, I, I thought Alvin were probably brighter to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought which which I'd, I'd expect really is the home side needing to chase points. I'd have expected them to come out the blocks a bit quicker than than than, than a team that are already sort of consolidating the playoffs and, and we're probably looking to, to 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 play on the break a little bit. Um, but like I say, Johnston dropped, dropped that clanger. Um, but even just before that, I felt Huddersfield were growing into it a little bit. 
Um, and they were starting to find a little bit of momentum. Obviously, the Clangor obviously held them. They went into the ascendancy um, and looked far better team. It had that sort of Swansea feel about it, really, where they were almost sort of... Um, they, were, they were fairly comfortable at will, I felt, I felt throughout, the, throughout the game. Then, then, obviously, they got the second goal. Um, again, I'll be honest with you, I, I, it, 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 you, I've, I've, I've banged... Oh, I like Darnell Furlong. I do. Was he on the pitch in the second half? Did, did he come off? I, mean, I don't want to get my games mixed up here. He got hooked. Um, when did he get hooked? Did he get hooked before the second goal? Did he get hooked before the second goal? Good question. He got hooked. The only reason why I'm saying is because the Huddersfield second goal, again, is he, I'm not getting oh, no, he'd been taken off. He'd been taken off by then. Yeah. It was Gardner Hickman that was nowhere near right yeah. back. No. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And I just felt like it just exposed a lot of weaknesses that Albion have got right now. That that second goal did. Um, and obviously at that point you think game's done and dusted. Then obviously you get the lucky break of the penalty, which wasn't. But you know that I'm sure there's been uh, decisions given against Albion that should have gone four, etc. Well, so, Al- so, Albion, Albion had earlier in the season, just in the final days of Ishmael, we had a penalty at QPR that wasn't given. We had a penalty yeah. when Sam Johnson got himself sent off and. Um, there was a bit of a falling out after the final whistle. I can't remember what game that was. Um, no. But that penalty as well. That's so, what I mean. So I don't read too much. Yeah, I don't read too much into that because you know you win some, you lose some in that sort of situation. But you know, listen, that gave Alvin a lift. They, they got that. You know, they got the equaliser. That 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 sort of five minute spell shot after that where they pushed them on a couple of corners. Um, but in, in the end, it was a, an unbelievable block off the line by Andy, Andy Carroll that sort of yeah. sa- saved the point, really, um, because I was convinced that was in. Um, you know, uh, it was really, really, like, I think I texted you in nine. I said, like, you said, like, great awareness. Uh, excuse me for, for, for him to be there at the time. So, so ultimately, you came away with the point, which, you like I said, 82 minutes, you wouldn't have thought. Um, I don't even want to repeat what you say, mate, but I agree. Paper over the cracks a little bit. A point probably didn't really do much for you in terms of, what you needed, particularly again when you look at the teams above you, you know, Luton won. No, they didn't win. Sorry, QPR beat Luton, didn't they? 2 1. Um, that was yesterday, wasn't wasn't there? So obviously tonight you got a tanking, but then in 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 another way, Coventry got the points as well. So it just seems all the teams above you at some stage are picking up those, which has been the case since October, November, really. Um, and it sort of makes it a lot difficult. Like I saying, you've got a pretty um, robust test tomorrow night, shall I say, um, in the form of a, a very, very strong Fulham side. So, yeah, mate, it's it's one of those. You needed those three points to really sort of give you a chance to look up the table. Um, but I, I think you're spot on, mate. You, you, you're just watching you. Like I said, I'm watching you most weeks at the moment. You're just not there, are you, in terms of playing style, personnel, um, inspiration. There just there doesn't seem much there. It's almost like um, the car might at the end of the season. That's what it sort of seems like, really. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, I'm happy to move on, JB. Yeah, yeah no problem, mate. Yeah. Nothing else to add on, on, on that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, papered over a little bit um, of of weakness and at the end of the day, yeah, two, two minutes of fight. Well, not even two minutes, a minute and a half of fight, which was started by a, a penalty that yeah, probably exactly. lost a penalty. So, JB, as you said, from a Wolves perspective, a week is a long time. Um, yeah, you're certainly in a better mood than you were last time we spoke. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It was um, listen. I was I was pretty um, last week. I think I think coming off the back of 
um, three defeats on, on the trot, um, you know, and, and, and going from such a sort of, uh, 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 what's the word I'm after, a state of sort of um, dizziness, if you like, looking up and, you know, how you talk about 82 minutes, your game it was dead and buried, 82 minutes at Wolves v Arsenal, we, we were looking towards a Champions League sort of thing and then, bang, 10 days later, the reality hits that you just lost it on the spin. So I was, I was a bit deflated last week, you know, we had a couple of really poor performances, particularly the Palace game, first half was, was awful. West Ham wasn't much better, to be honest with you. Um, and then we've had two games on the spin, which came a great time really because we played, we played, we played two really poor teams. Um, there's no dressing that up. But I'm a big advocate of you can only beat what's in front of you. And, and so we go to Watford um, and they were surprisingly vulnerable and, and open, really. Um, I think you touched on it and you said, you know, Royce has got them a bit more organised. You fancied them to get a point and, and, and keep the sort of shop door shut, if you like. But it was the complete opposite. It was a combination of us starting off really well with an attacking intent and looking to take the game to them. And, and they, they just struggled, to be fair. And we were thinking, like, within 20 minutes, that was game done and dusted. Um, we were able to sort of cruise control after that. Neves scored, obviously, a, a superb goal. Uh, to cap off a, a really positive sort of win. You know, it's, it felt like a long time coming, really. Well, felt like certain performances in the season. Um, I've been saying, you know, we're due to tonk someone, really. And we don't often do that. We, we, we haven't scored many goals this year. So to, to score four, um, you know, uh, and come away with three points and sort of, you know, bury those last three games, if you like, so we can move on, was was, was fantastic. So, yeah, good performance, good win. Like I say, you can only beat what's in front of you. And I was really pleased with that. And like I say, it was capped off with a, a magical goal from uh, from from the from the boy. Um, and then Everton. And that was the game that I worried about. I think I said on the pod last week. Are you on about uh, Neves' goal there? That again, sorry. Are you on about Neves' goal there? Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, when he's trying to cross it. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> Magical, mate. And you damn well know it. Um, know it. And you damn well know it. He's um, it. Get out of here, mate. Get out of here. Um, it was a wonderful goal. And it, it just, just sort of showed the, the class the boy has, really. And then anyway, we move on to Everton. That was a game that I worried about. You know, the, 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 they were a team that sort of... That, that was a game where Wolves in the past would have gone and... and lost basically because it was a team that, that couldn't string three passes together six days before and I'll be honest with you mate the first I looked at the team lineup and I questioned it you know I was you know I know he was on the bench um he went with the female midfield um obviously Neto was out I think it was an impact injury on his foot or something hopefully only out for a few days should be back Friday fingers crossed and there, there was a few question marks I questioned it and to be honest the first half was really poor um it, it was quite negative we allowed Everton to play a little bit it, it wasn't great on the eye um, and it confused me a bit. I was a little bit like, why have we set up this way against a really woeful, vulnerable Everton side? Because that is, and I have to say, that is probably the worst Everton side I've seen in a long, long time. Really, really poor. Um, shocked me how bad they were, to be honest with you. Shocked me how bad they were. Um, and then we get into half-time at nil-nil. Um, and we come out a diff different animal. Come out a different animal. Um, really sort of, sort of uh, put our foot on the gas a little bit attack with more intent, so the front, the front players get more involved. Um, and it was a really, really good goal, actually, to be honest with you. I, I, I thought it was a really good goal. Um, obviously, the free kicks coming from mid-team has been headed out, picked up by Dendonka, who I've got to say, I've got to, I, I have given Dendonka criticism in the past, you know. I, I, I have. I've been one of those, those sort of vocal critics, if you like. But I thought he had a, a very good game, actually, Sunday. I thought he, he put the work right in. He was actually really impressive for me. Dendonka did all the simple things well. 
Um, got, did a lot. Of, I'd love to see stats, uh, running stats, to see how, how much distance he covered because he seemed to just did, didn't seem to stop for ninety minutes. Um, he picked up the ball, just knocked it to Neves. Neves just jaunted past a couple of their their players and whips an absolutely wonderful ball. Cody beats his man, knocks it in, beautiful head into the bottom corner. And from that moment on, it's cruise control really. Um, we could have had another three four if, if we'd have really gone for it or been a bit more clinical, should I say? Um, they went down to 10 men. Um, John Joe Kenny, I think his name was, made a couple of silly challenges within the space, sort of 10, 15 minutes of each with a well, well, well deserved sort of two yellows red card. On that point, I thought Mark Oliver was excellent. Again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fierce critic of um, the standard of officiating within the English game, and I think that still stands. But I thought Mark Oliver was, was excellent. And, and to be fair, I think he's the best out of a bad, bad bunch, Mark Oliver, if I'm honest with you. Um, but yeah, mate, from that moment, it was cruise control, really good. Um, Shock horror. I'm, I'm going to touch on just how impressive Ruben Neves was once Neves was once again. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, unbelievable. Um, I think he put to bed the kind of the the argument that he that he's that he can't be a top class player because he's leggy. Um, the way he sort of strolled down that midfield, taking on players, tracking back, keeping pace with, with pacey players as well. Um, which he's done a few times. I've touched on it again I've in previous pods where I've said, you know, I, th- I think that sort of reputation's got where he's not quite quick enough to be a world-class midfielder. I think he's put that to bed the last few weeks. He was, he was unbelievable, Kieran. I know people talk about me, you know, how much I love him and stuff. And obviously I have a, an element of, you know, fanboy sort of thing around him. Um, but he was unbelievable. I, I can't explain how good he was. And, and if anyone gets the opportunity to watch that second half, just four, if I just watch how good he was, it was sensational. Um, and we're here, six points on, um, you know, and we're looking up again, which is great. We're back in the mix. Granted, West Ham picked up a, a good win against, against Villa. Um, you can and, always count on Villa to let you down. Of course you can, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, but we're still in the mix. You know, we've come back from three poor performances to put in two good performances. Bow in the first half against Everton. And, and we've got a, a very winnable home game on, on Friday evening, which would then put us right in the mix because, you know, hopefully if you get those three points, you know, on a Friday night, as you said last week, you can relax for the weekend and, and the other guys have then got to go perform to get their points on the board. So, yeah, really pleasing, mate. You know, sitting here six points up from the last time we spoke. I can't ask for much more, really. Um, yeah, very good. Very, very good. Yeah, Excellent. JB, I think it has been a, a really positive week for Wolves. And yeah. as you say, they've got to look up. Seventh is realistic, a realistic target, which would see Wolves back in Europe. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they can firstly hold Tottenham off and then secondly yeah. catch Sam. But sure. really, really positive start um, or really positive resumption to that quest, I might that's say. Um, yeah, after yeah. a couple of big, big questions have been asked with the with the recent form. That's it. Okay, JB. So before we look ahead to the coming games, including a game against Fulham tomorrow night, depending on when you're listening, um, I want to have a little detour. Um, Last week, I asked you um, if you're having a a dinner party, which three past or present Wolves figures would you invite? We got some good replies to this on social media as well. Uh, We did put a tweet out last week. Again, if you want to reply to us on there, go ahead. Um, but we are also going to put another tweet out this week um, discussing the following question. JB, you raised a really interesting topic um, over the weekend and you asked, and well, you shared firstly your yes. favourite ever Wolves kit and the reasons why. 
Um, and it was a really, it's really struck a chord with me. Um, I was asking myself, well, what's my favorite Albion kit and why? Um, so JB, firstly, tell us what your favorite um, Wolverhampton Wanderers kit is. When is it home? Is it away? What yeah. happened in the kit? Why do you love it so much? I'll do the same with Albion and then we'll hand over to our listeners. Um, if you find the tweet at BCR pod, feel free to reply to us, maybe with a picture of one of your um, best moments where the kit is in action. JB, take us away. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like I said, I had a little bit of nostalgia for you know, I was just, just sort of chilling out, having a few drinks and, th- and, and, and talking football over here. So I put a little tweet out and there's some fantastic Wolves kits over the years, like think like kids that really struck, struck like you say, struck a chord with me in terms of nostalgia and and, and and great memories, things like that. It was a very close call. The, the one of my first Wolves kits was the proper old gold kit when we actually had the the the, the city of Wolverhampton crest as our badge before we went to the Wolfhead, and I love that kit with the, the Goodyear on it and and sort of the the Don Goodman. Again, we were chatting on our little group chat, weren't we, about that era when it was a bit mad when Sir Jack took us over and we, we brought like Jeff Thomas, Tony Daly, Don Goodman, we had Steve Ball, John DeWolf, and that that kit was amazing. But for me, uh, I think my favourite Wolves kit of, of my lifetime is the sort of 96 to 98 home kit, uh, which was a Puma kit. And it's kind of, we'll share it on, okay, we'll share it on the tweet if you haven't seen it or you're struggling to remember which one it is. But it, it, on, on the whole of the front of the kit, it, it it's, it's like shaped in a wolf head. And then in within that wolf head, there's more wolf heads. And it's a Puma kit. Um, again, it's good year. It's iconic. Um, and it just brings back so many great memories for me. Uh, really, really um, nostalgic for, for, for me. Um, I was just sitting old at the walls for a long time. And that particular was where... I obviously fully understood football, if that makes sense. I really understood yeah. it. I understood the it emotion was really of it. Formative for you, really. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to each game with an expect. It was the, it was probably the year when I started going with expect. Prior to that, I was a Wolves fan. I love football, things like that. But it's when I started going to games with expectations, understanding the teams were playing, what what the situation was. If we won, we lost, etc. Yeah. Um, and it's been like great memories for me. I'm, I'm very close to my old man. I, I, he's like my best mate. I love him dearly. Um, I don't see as much as him nowadays because he literally. Pretty, pretty much resides in a different part of the country most of the time. Um, and it just brings back so many great memories of we had season tickets together and we'd park down the road for, for any wall transition where the Halfords is at the top of the Waterloo Road. If you go take a left past Halfords, there's like an old industrial estate and there used to be a nightclub down there. And there was a, a guy, he was like a Rastafarian guy. I'd love to know if he was meant to even be there. And he was there and he used to charge us like whatever it was, three quid, four quid, five quid, and, and he'd look after your car during the game. I, I, I don't even know if he was a legit guy. I don't know if he just rocked up at this car park and was taking the money. Um, I've no idea, but we used to part of there. We'd walk up and we'd have our flask of tea and sandwiches in our in our bag, and we'd talk and we'd dad a treat me to a program. And it's just 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 the best memories. And then obviously when the game had finished, we'd walk across the ring road and there used to be a big JJB. My dad would always take me in there and I'd look at the boots. Then twice a season, he'd treat me to a new pair of boots. Um, and we'd, we'd listen to either WM on the way home or there used to be a radio station called The Wolf. I think it's 107.7 The Wolf, if, if I remember rightly. And obviously the phone-ins. I'm smiling now talking about it. It was just amazing, amazing memories. Um, and that and, kit, and that, kit that to you. You what, sorry? That kit represents that. It is, and like I say, as a kid, I've always loved Christmas as a kid, even now as an adult, I've got my own kids and I love Christmas, my favourite part of the year. And I remember having that kit for Christmas and just I didn't stop wearing it. It was just, yeah, it was just amazing, amazing memories. Um, ironically, the football was absolutely fucking dire. 
um, <laughs> at, that, at that time. Um, but I didn't care. It was just brilliant. I was watching players like Bully and, you know, and, and we, we had some like random players, players like Tony Dinning and Steve Corriker. And we had, do you remember Adi Akinboye? Um, Played for Burnley as, and Leicester. Yeah, the Akin boy he came in and replaced Robbie Keane when we saw. Obviously, we had Robbie Keane in that kit, and then Robbie Keane went, and the Akin boy was almost Robbie Keane's replacement. Um, yeah, it's just just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant times. Um, yeah, you've got me. You got me on the old nostalgia nineties route again now. But uh, yeah, really, really, as probably people can probably tell, really happy, happy time of my life, and uh, yeah, it brings back a lot of memories and look at that kit, happy times. I love it, JB. And I think if you ask this question to a lot of people, you get a lot of different answers. But uh-huh. I think that, that story about it, me, it being uh, having a personal significance is always going to be better than I like the yeah. colours. Well done, JB. Thank you, Max. Well done, yours. Talk design. to me. You're okay. sorry. And it's a great design. That it's such a it is. like you said, it doesn't sound great when you describe it, but the big yeah. wolf head with lots of little wolf heads in the middle, and it's in the wolf's colour. It looks very, very. It's aged very well. Yes. It's aged amazingly, that kit has. Well, I've re-brought the... So they did an away version, which is like a green, green colour kit. Yeah. Uh, and I, think I, I, I saw it earlier when I was researching. Yeah, so I, I, I actually re... Cause I, had, I had all of them as a kid, but I haven't... I still haven't got, I've still got some of my old kits, but I haven't got all of them. And I actually brought that... The, the re-release, that green kit in lockdown. And I, I've, I've got it upstairs, actually. Um, the, the, so the same season, but the green away kit. I think I wore it... When we recorded our Black Country pod, the first yes. Black Country, and we all wore our, our kit, I wore it for that recording, I think. Um, but I've got upstairs. I'll, I'll have to take a picture and, and we'll, we'll, we'll tweet it from the account. Um, we'll yeah. tweet it from the account. Love it. Yeah. Go on then, mate. Talk to me about yours then. I know we touched on it off air, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. We did. The, the thing with Albion is I think we, we have got, we laughed, we were saying all of Albion's kits look the same. Um, they don't when you go back, but generally you can always predict sort of what Albion's kit is going to yeah. look like. But we've had some absolute classics, mostly before my time. Like you look at the the days with the three degrees, and the badge was just WBA. And yes, like I remember. Yeah, the thick stripes, and it, we we've had some classic kits. But for me, I've got to go down a similar route to you, JB, and I'd be really interested to see what the what the trend is. Is it? Yeah. People picking the nicest kit, or is people, or are people picking the kit that means the most to them? And for me, absolutely has to be. Um, I'd probably go the 0304 iteration of it, but in the early 2000s, our yellow and green away kit. Yeah. West Bromwich Building Society on the front, players like Neil Clement, Jason Kumas, um, Doby, um, Scott Doby. Yeah, I remember him. Sean Gregan, I really liked him when I was a kid. Lloyd yeah. was it? Was it? Was he? Was he an Aussie? Was he Australian? No, I think English. I think he was English. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you sure. definitely had an Australian player, didn't you? Um, I'm sure you did. Yeah, we, might, we might have done. I, I can't remember because yeah. I was very young. Um, but uh, would, that been, would, that, would that have been the would that have been the Battle of Bramall Lane kit? Yes, yeah, yeah, but that that was the two thousand and one oh two season, and we had okay. it for the, the, the yeah, yeah. era. Any pick yeah. any of those that you want, but the very much the oh three oh four kit for me because it means this it means the same to me as that kit means to you. So it was the first time yeah. I was going and understanding the connotations of what winning and losing might mean. And obviously, we got promoted. It was the second promotion under um, Megson. Players like Kumas. Um, 
and Neil Clement and Darren Moore became my heroes in that kit. It really, really, really special kit. And it was the first kit I ever owned, the Deodora one. So it must have been the 0304 kit. Yeah. yeah definitely the first away kit I owned. Um, and th that was it. So first kit I owned, all my heroes played in it. Very similar to you. I remember going to the game and wearing it. I remember wearing a hoodie and that on the outside. On the outside. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah all the time. Like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah all the time. It, that was that we used still, to do because it was cold. And, uh, and you wanted to shave colours off and yeah. 100%. You, could, you couldn't yeah. go without your, your top on, but you couldn't go with just your top on because you'd freeze yeah. to death. And then, mate, I remember going to some games in the depths of, like, December, January, February, like, <laughs> and, like, saying to Dad, saying to me, old man, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'll just wear, like, a T-shirt. I'll wear two T-shirts, a hoodie, then make it on top and I'll be warm enough. My dad would be like, just take your coat, take your coat. And oh, I don't need walk, a coat. I don't need a then coat. We'd walk, we'd, we'd walk up the Waterloo Road and we'd get we'd get to the turnstile and I'd stand there and kick off and I'd be diving and he'd be like, put your coat on. And I'd put it on sort of thing like <laughs> put your coat on. Everyone knows you're a Wolves fan, you're in the Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, really funny. But yeah, similar reasons here. Full yeah. nostalgic sentimentality. Um, I love that um that 0304 yellow and green kit. And I think that I think that's the that's the approach with this question. And but as I said, at home, anyone feel free to get in touch. We're going to post pictures of our kits um, on Twitter, and yeah, get back to us with yours. Let us know your maybe a favorite memory in that kit, and which kit is your favorite? Because I think it, there's, yeah, I think you can have this conversation with anyone, any yeah bloke, and. Well, I, I, put, I, put my, I put my tweet. I put my tweet out. A few people liked it, but it was quite late at night when I put it out. So, so obviously, yeah. I, I think I think our tweet from the from from the from the official account will, will generate yeah. just But I had a guy, I had a guy that I work with who's in in the kitchen at work, and he's a Port Vale fan, and he he posted like uh, his favorite Port Vale kit, which was I think from the 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 early to mid nineties. Um, Gadja, who listens to the pod actually, so shout out to Gadja. He's a, he's a Vale fan. <laughs> And um, and I, I actually remember that kit, and it, again that evoked memories. Of, I remember Wolves because we used to play Port Vale quite a lot in, in, in that sort of time. And I remember there was like a when they skid mark, you know, remember that when, when teams used to have like skid mark, tire skid mark kits, and that was quite an in thing. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so yeah, like if you actually, I don't know, if you, I don't know if you're on Twitter on, on whether you can look quickly. But if you if you go to my tweet, I'm on my my tweet, my feed. Yeah. Um, and then look at the reply of Gadja. He, he's, he's posted what his favorite kit was, and it's that classic early '90s tire skid mark, sort of all crazy pattern, um, crazy pattern sort of um, style, black and white. Um, I'll have a look. Classic. I don't think whether you can get it up or not. I don't think you have to follow him. His, his account might, might be locked. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah, I might have to. But um, I. I'm not going to search or search Skidmark Port Vale, but do you yeah. know what? You, do you know what you year get, it was? You might get you might get blocked. I tell you what, right? I'll um, <laughs> I tell you what, right, right there, right. I'll uh, I'll get it up on here. I'll get it up on here, pal. But um, I'm, I'm de no, it, definitely it's really good. I think, I think, like you said, it's a really, really good conversation, Dave. I think you could sit down with with anybody, any football fan, um, and just of, go of any team, on, any any era, any era, and um. I'll, I'll, I'll show you this now. I don't think you can. Well, I'll turn it to the camera. I don't think, can you sort of see that? Oh yeah, oh, that's very uh, nice. That is. Yeah, very it, nice. is, it is. It is. Yeah, if it wasn't Port Vale, you'd probably wear that. To be fair, but no, uh, we'll, uh, we'll post this in the replies. 
under the tweet, we'll, we'll post a picture of this because I'm fully aware that this doesn't make great audio content. But sure. as as we said, if we don't put a stop to it quickly, this conversation could roll on for hours, JB. Absolutely. So Absolutely. let's put a stop to this conversation. Yes. Uh, and I think just in in terms of a logical sequence of events, we should probably touch on Albion against Fulham tomorrow. Yeah, sure, You've already sure. alluded to how formidable an opponent Fulham are at the level. Um, they, they've really put Albion to the sword earlier in the season. It was a game of fine margins in terms of level of competition, but in terms of quality, Fulham were on a different plate to Albion that day. And they have gone on to be on a totally different plane to Albion. Their, their goals record this season, how many points they've got is it's crazy. Considering Albion kept pace with with Fulham over the first 10-15 games of the season to see how we've dropped to 14th and we have 50 points and they're first with 77 points is just infuriating to, to see the way that Albion have, have, have dropped since that first quarter of the season but that well again I'm, I remember I remember touching on the Fulham example a few weeks ago I remember saying to you oh I was listening to some of our old pods and I think it was the guy the day before you well the weekend of the you're playing there uh, back up in, I think it was November, October, November time, uh, Craven Cottage. I think you were a point behind them. And then when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, you were 18 points behind them or 19. Wow. And now it's 27 a couple of weeks later. And it's, wow. it, it's yeah, mental. Unbelievable. Um, I, I'm not expecting Albion to win that game. Uh, I think the best that we could hope for is a draw because it, it Fulham... Fulham are so much better than Albion at this level. And Albion are so fragile mentally that it seems to be a case of, it always seems like it might be a case of when Fulham need a goal, a bit like when Sheffield United needed a goal a few weeks ago and they scored two and won two one. I think they'll just turn it on. I think Albion yeah. won't be able to live with it. And I think that our only hope is we go a goal ahead and they, <coughs> um, you know, we go a goal ahead and, and they can't turn the game around fully, which isn't my style. I, I try to be as yeah, optimistic yeah, yeah. as possible. But yeah, I will, I will own in on a little bit of positivity. Obviously, last week, Daryl DK returned to full training. Oh, okay. Uh, there's actually a, a PL2, so an under 23 Black Country Derby tonight, JB. Yes, I've seen yeah, that. It kicks up yeah. in about 20, half an hour, five to seven, I think, uh, isn't interesting. it? I, I don't know when it is, but I, I know that's tonight. And a lot of people expected Daryl DK to play in that, and he's not in the squad. So that could mean that it will be a little half an hour cameo tomorrow r- rather yeah. than legs in his minutes in his legs tonight in the in the PL2 game. So that's a little bit of positivity. If Albion is still in that game and it's you know it's 30 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go, then all of a sudden DK coming off the bench, big game, night game, we're on TV. Who knows? It, it, that might yeah, give yeah. us a bit of lift. And we if we're in the game, that might see us over the line. However, I it, just as easily as oh he's he's not playing for the PL2 team, he could come into the first team. It could be a case of he's not fit enough to feature for the PL2 team. He's not going to play for the first team. But I'm just trying to find a little bit of positivity to hone in on there. Uh, I hope Andy Carroll doesn't start. I really hope Andy Carroll doesn't start because the reason he looked so good, not looked so good, but was so effective, was because he'd come on and he was the plan B. Andy Carroll should be our plan B. 
and should not be plan A. Robinson wasn't great um, against Huddersfield, but I'd sooner go Huddersfield, uh, sorry, um, Robinson and Grant like we did at Huddersfield. I probably wouldn't change anything, which yeah. a lot of Albion fans might be a bit frustrated with, but two games unbeaten, uh, no matter how we got there, I probably wouldn't be changing the Stein sure. 11. And, and I'd, yeah. I'd roll again, but I'm I'm going to go for a 2-1 uh, Fulham win, JB. I don't know where, you're, where you stand on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to mirror that, mate. I think, I think, like I say, the the, 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 the honing on positive sides. I, th- I think there's a couple of positives you, you can try and take. Like I said, the, that battling spirit in that last ten minutes from the Albion that you haven't seen for majority since since the early part of the season was obviously must have been pleasing to, to see on your behalf. Um, after sort of you know being in a situation, tunnel down with ten minutes to go, you know you're not expecting anything, are you really? Um, so that that was certainly obviously pleasing. Certainly but, not from this. Sorry, JB. Certainly not no, from this Albion team. No, exactly. So so that that's an element of positivity. The other one is, and as good as Fulham are, have been as exceptional they are, there have been times where they have been a bit vulnerable, and 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 yeah. teams have picked up points against them and and been able to. That may have just been on, on games where Fulham have been off, because generally in the games that Fulham have needed to win, they've won. Um, hence why they are where they are. Um, yeah. And I just think, and like I said, even though you had that that that, that, that sort of 10 minutes of, of optimism where that battling spirit was there and you could have gone on and won potentially, I, I, I just think, like you said, it, you know, as, as John Dreyer, the Albion fan I referred to, who I worked, to, who I worked with at work, who I walked in for the gates this morning, um, he said it was um, like putting a lipstick on a lipstick on a pig. Uh, his phrase was this morning. Um, <laughs> I think that might a, be the title of this week's podcast, JB. Yeah, lip, yeah, lipstick on a pig. Yeah, you can take that one. I'll tell him tomorrow. You can take credit for that. Um, and I just think Fulham will will have too much. I think they'll turn up um, and, like you say, on TV under the lights, kick on, hit eighty points. Um, well, I think that's a bit too much for you. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go three one Fulham. I want to on Fulham. Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. And I do get what you mean. It's not that Fulham are there to be got at, but there are they they've not been impenetrably good. They're not. Um, yeah. They're not, for example, a, a Leeds of a few years ago, sure. or a Norwich of last season, or going back five years now, or a Wolves, or a Wolves. Yeah, I was, no, was going to yeah. say it. I was going to say it. Um, or a Wolves of a few years ago. Leave us to last like. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I was just working backwards in history. Uh, <laughs> and it, I was psyching myself up to pay Wolves sure, a compliment. Sure, but I think, sure. I think I did it. I think I managed it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll move on now. Uh, <laughs> um, JB, I, 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 we don't normally do it like this, but I think I want to go over to Wolves now and preview um, Wolves against Leeds. And then we'll hop sure. back on Albion for the Albion-Bristol City game. Or rather, sure, Bristol, sure. Albion game. Yeah the end of the pod so jb i want you to talk to me about um how you see wolves against leeds going yeah it's um it's it's a funny one really on friday night i'm looking forward to it um i think like i said I'm, I'm, i like the friday night game sort of thing so um leeds obviously As we said last week jb yeah it ruins your friday it can't ruin your saturday absolutely yeah absolutely. that's a good way of looking at it but like i say leeds have got have got the new manager um don't know a huge amount about about him um, and now they've got the first win at the weekend. So that they'll they'll be sort of have a little bit of a bounce, uh, sort of you that was, know. That was massive for them. Yeah, huge, mate, huge, and they needed it. But um, we're on the back of two really good wins. We're at home, full house, under the lights again on TV. And I, I always say, mate, I fancy us. I fancy. I always fancy us at home. No matter who we're playing, I just I always fancy us at home. We have got. That's the one thing that has been growing the last few years. Molyneux 
in the past, particularly when I touch on my era of growing up watching them and season tickets, things like that, Molyneux was all was always was it was always a burden at times. Whereas now the players seem to thrive playing there, and, and obviously it doesn't always get to plan. You have to look at Palace last week, how poor that was, but. I just really hope that we can go into Friday night with a real sort of um, positive sort of bounce in our step, if you like. And I, I, I fancy us, to be honest with you, mate. I think um, hopefully Neto will be back. Like I said, apparently it's just a, something called an impact injury, which is usually a couple of days and you need to sort of lay it off a little bit. Bit of a dead leg. Yeah, so, so I think it's on the top of his foot or something. I, I read, okay. I think Liam, Liam Keane tweeted that it was um, something to do with his foot. So he should hopefully be back. The bench is looking stronger. Not sure about Huang um, and his injury. Obviously, he had to come off. But I'll be honest with you, um, I wouldn't be looking at starting him anyway. I think when we've got a full squad, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be obviously Neto and Pedente at the start of Jimenez if, that, if that's an option um, going forward. But yeah, mate, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think Leeds Wolves games are usually pretty good. We've got a good record against Leeds since we've since we've come back up. Even the championship, we've always had pretty good records. I can't actually remember. Um, it, it doesn't seem that we'll have lost them that that much. It, it, for as long as I can remember, we seem to have a good record against them. Um, yeah, and I, I, fan, I fancy Bruno to, to come good again and the boys to come good. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it actually. So I am going to go for I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go for three clean sheets on the trot for the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Uh I'm gonna go two Aaron Wolves. Pardon? Aaron Ramsdale. Couldn't lace Jose Sars left boot, mate. Yeah, but <laughs> He's an Albion fan. He loves to. But he boings, boings, doesn't he? Uh, he does, mate. He does. He boing, boing, is he from boing. around here or something? You know, I don't think he is. I, I no, ironically, I was in the again. Sorry, really random. I was in the staff room this this, this uh, lunchtime having my lunch, and there's a woman who I work with, and she was like, and we were talking about football or something between everyone that's in the staff room, and she's like, oh, I'm related to Aaron's, Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, he's like, from it's Stoke. My, it's my cousin's, my, my mom's cousin's son or something. So I, I was going to say, I assume he's from Stoke or, or something like that. He is. I've just checked and he is from Stoke. So Staffordshire, it kind of makes sense. And yeah. you wouldn't want to support Stoke or Vale, would you? They're in trouble. Have you seen what's been tweeted about Stoke, about the, the sold the stadium on the, on the lowdown last, last year? Um, no. Yeah, John Percy's dug it out today. They've sold the stadium and they could have financial and point sanctions. So they're in trouble, Stoke. Um, sorry, we, 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 we digress and, and go off. Yes. No, but just very quickly on Stoke, it, it it's this you know era of such financial insecurities is really really hard, and I think I speak for everybody when I say it would be really funny if Stoke went down to League One. Do you know what, mate? I'll be honest with you. I think I think in this in this day and age, um, it's important that the football family stick together. Um, you know, and I think when things like this happen, it's it's really important to sh- to show sort of solidarity. Um, but I completely agree, mate. It'd be absolutely brilliant if they went down to League One. <laughs> oh, Liam Mullen, sorry, mate. Sorry, yeah, pal. I was just going to say, that's sorry, for our Stoke and our Vale listeners. I'm sure they'll enjoy that to <laughs> different yeah. levels. That, Jay- that, really was, that really was a tangent, wasn't it, Christ? Um, it was, yeah, it was. It was, wasn't it? I'm a Ramsdale to hope it's not go down, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a proper, a proper ramble, Jamie. I think it's a great game on Friday. I think, Me too. I think, really good. I think yeah. Leeds need the points, um, and they'll have that belief. And Wolves need the points. It's, yeah, you, you look at that fixture maybe before the season, or certainly last season, and you, you've yeah. gone, Oh, with 10 games to go, that's not going to mean anything when yeah. it means a lot for both teams. 
Um, Absolutely. I think it'll be a, a really good spectacle. I think it'll be a nice open game, as most Leeds games are, um, and as occasionally Wolves games are. And I'm going to go to all, JB. Say that again, mate. So you could... go to all. To all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some game that will, mate. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Did uh, did you go for a Wolves win? Was it JB? I said two, I said two nil Wolves, mate. Yeah, I think two oh, two nil Wolves. I know we. I know you did say before we went on about Stoke and Aaron Ramsdale, but yeah. Um, yeah oh, of course, no, you know the clean what, sheet I, for the best goalkeeper. I just, think, I just think to myself, you know what? You know, we're on a bit of a roll. We, we hopefully we've turned that corner. Um, we look very solid, solid defensively. Um, you know, it's a huge call dropping Bolly uh, Sunday after how immense he was against Watford. But again, it just shows that that strength in depth that we've got that he can drop, an you know, at his best and a Rolls Royce of a defender um, and bring him, you know, Max Kilman. Is um, a Rolls Royce at his best? Is he like a Kia Seed at his worst? Or <laughs> Nissan Micra? They're, they're not bad cars, are they? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's a Premier League footballer, JB. Let's be real. Yeah, no, it, it, it was nice. It just shows, it just shows the strength in depth, you know, to, to drop a player who's come in and play with such assur- assurance and quality on, on Thursday yeah, and then sure. bring in, you know, Max Kilman, who again has been equally immense um, all, all season. That, 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 that was good. So, yeah, it's, looking for a real Range here. Rover, isn't he? It's a real Range Rover, Max Kilman. Range Rover, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, mate, what, I, what I, a Cody. Um, oh, oh, you have not, never thought this hard about a question on the podcast ever. No, I'm not very. Uh, do you know what people who know me? I'm not a car person. I, I don't really know. But you'd have to be. Is it like some kind of fun? Is it like a fun car that must be fun to drive? That, that that's pretty classy. Um, I don't know. I think I think the fact that neither of us really know what we're talking about makes this better. Yeah, I don't know what. There must be like an expensive car that's really fun to drive. Um, I don't know. I don't know either, but he's a, he's a laugh, isn't he? Maybe he's a go-kart. Possibly. This has probably been the most random five minutes to ten minutes on this pod ever. Uh, <laughs> I apologise. I'm not editing it. It's all good. No, all no, no. This is great. This, this is what the people are here for. This is what the people yep. are here for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yes. Rolls-Royces, go-karts and yep. Range Rovers aside. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're expecting a, a solid defensive performance. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, and anything... I can't even bring myself to do it. I was going to make a joke about the engine room, uh, Nevers and Moutinho, but I think I'm not... I don't think I'm qualified to get into no. more... Um, no, no, ...to more mechanical engineering jokes. I'm going to have to leave it there because I've been exposed. Yeah. Um, and I, like you, JB, know... I just, hope we put the fo- I just hope we put our foot on the gas. And, Very nice. And, you know. and take the handbrake off. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah. 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 And then I'm, I'm really racking my brain here. I know. I know. Don't, it's like the office. Don't go again until you got a good one. Um, yeah. No, I haven't got any more. No. Might come to me in a bit. Yeah. Um, put the. Uh, yeah, I'll try to be find the right. I'll try to find the right gear on the night. Nice, very good. I'll, do you know yeah. what I'll do after, after the pod? I'll uh, I'll splice that little bit of silence to a shorter period of silence, so it looks like you only have to think for like a few seconds, and then everyone thinks he's. Give the viewers off. the honest truth, mate. The listeners want the honest truth, mate. They'll switch off. They'll think. They'll think. <laughs> like, mate, with how long that took you. 
Should we drive up the A41? Very good. Should we talk about Albion? <laughs> um, so, Albion play Bristol City. Um, Bristol City. Bristol City, when you go over the Bristol Bridge, there's that massive car place on your right-hand side. You know, as you're going down, that, do you know what I mean? There's still loads of cars and vans there. This is amazing. This is unbelievable. This, this, this world is created. This baby. was meant to be. There's level, it's like Inception, just levels yeah. upon levels. Um, so, Albion playing Bristol City. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Bristol City scored an absolutely brilliant goal this week um, against uh, Blackburn. 90th minute winner, a big slice, um, terrible miss hit shot that's going out for a throw. And Andres Byman volleys it back the other way into the top corner. It's one of the goals of the season, but it's one of the funniest. Um, goals as well because it did it's just such an accident so check that out and I'll be hoping that Byman doesn't do the same to us again yeah. Um, but yeah I think a lot of that depends on the belief that we can take from the Fulham game if we get yeah. a result against Fulham I've got no doubt that we'll go into that Bristol City game huge favourites because they're not they're not up to much if I'm honest yeah. and with I said that Huddersfield would have thought the same thing but they're lying I think 18th at the moment and uh their, their season's finished. They're not going to go down. Then they're certainly not going to be putting a playoff uh, charge together. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's just a case of fulfilling the fixture quota for Bristol City at the moment. And if we can go into that game off the back of a good performance against Fulham, maybe a point, maybe three, who knows, then I think uh, we will go in as massive favourites. Yeah. I I think if DK's, if DK's not fit tomorrow, he's going to be fit for this Bristol City game. But again, probably not from from the start. So it'd be lovely to see him uh, feature before the international break, but it's, it's tough to predict it so far in advance, but I think with, with Steve Bruce, he'll be looking at, he'll be looking at one game at a time. And I think we've got to do the same. I I don't think you can look that far ahead, but due to scheduling and recording in advance, this is kind of the the nature of the beast. it, it, it'll be a nothing game if we get nothing against Fulham and it'll be a massive yeah. game if we get something against Fulham, JB. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's a funny one because I, I, it seems a long time since I sort of, since we, I remember, I, it, it sort of brought back actually a little bit, not deja, well, deja vu memories, whatever, of um, when you played them back in, I think it would have been September time, wouldn't it? Um, and I'm, I think we both, I think it's probably the one time on the pod this year, unless I might be wrong, where we both predicted, I think it was a 3-0 or 4-0 win. And and it, and it came in, you did, you did exactly that. Um, I don't think it's going to be as cut as dry as, as, as that, as in what it was earlier on in the season. I think that the Albion season has took a, a sort of a, a trajectory that, that wasn't expected. But um, I, I, like I said, I've predicted the, the Fulham loss tomorrow night, but I think genuinely that, I think it's a game that's winnable for Albion. Um, I don't think Bristol City had that great, you know, great shakes really. Um, and I think if you do lose against Fulham, even though even though the season is done and dusted in reality, I, th- I think it almost it, 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 it's the nail in the coffin as such. If you lose tomorrow, um, and then that almost may allow you to play with an element of freedom, which may work in your favour. I, I, I don't know. It's really hard to predict. I haven't. I've been watched. Apart from the whole game, I think I've watched most of the, the, the Albion games under Steve Bruce. And I just can't put my finger on what he's trying to do or, or what where he's at with it. Um, I really... Yeah, say that again, sorry. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, I could say that, honestly, because like I say, I've, I've, I've watched a lot, a lot of Albion, and, and particularly since Bruce has come in, and, and just I can't put my finger on it. So... 
But I think Albin, sorry, I digress but quickly because I don't want to ramble too much because we've rambled a lot tonight. Um, I think Albin will have too much for Bristol City. I think they can go there with a bit of freedom. Play DK could, should be back in the fold then to give you a bit of a lift. So I'm going to go for a narrow 1-0 Albion win on Saturday. Yeah, I'm also going to predict an Albion win. I think regardless of the Fulham game, I think Albion have enough to get past Bristol City and we it was probably our best performance yeah. uh, outside the first 10 games of the season. It was probably our best performance. That was October, that was, JB. Yeah. Just, funny enough, just before we lost 3-0 to Fulham. Oh, okay. Um, so that was that was when that was, and we started. Yeah, yeah. Cards, if I remember correctly, we're getting someone sent off every week, and that was the beginning of the end, really, for for Ishmael. But yeah, I think we got enough to get past Bristol City, even if we're not at our best, even if DK's not back, and even if we lose against Fulham. Uh, but if we beat Fulham, which isn't looking very likely, but if we beat Fulham, I think we'll steamroll Bristol City. If we sure. don't beat Fulham, I think it might be a case of as you say, JB, 1-0. So on the basis that I don't think we're going to beat Fulham, I am going to go for a narrow 1-0 Albion win as well, Yeah, JB. I can see that coming in, mate. Yeah, I definitely can. Definitely can. Well, it, I mean, it, um, I don't think this has been as long as some other episodes, or I didn't think it had. And then I looked at the time, and it really has. Like, we've we've properly rambled, JB. Crikey, yeah. I've just, I've just, I've just clicked my, uh, my, my, my Fitbit, yeah. Gosh. Well, yeah. if you are this far into um, a very winding, tangential black country ramble, then yeah. well done to you. Um, and thank you as well for A, listening and B, um, for continually tuning in and sharing the podcast and for um, giving us feedback. Feedback is always, always, always appreciated. And of course, share the pod um, as as far and as wide as you can whether that's telling people in person or that's sending them a link please do share the pod and um, so we can keep doing this and we can keep um expanding our reaches jb is there anything Absolutely. you'd like to add before we sign off no mate it's always a pleasure to us a nice way to start the week touching base with you mate chatting football um it's always obviously better when 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 we're on the back of a, a winner, what have you. But now, mate, it's um, good seeing you, and yeah, we'll uh, obviously touch base next week, see where we are. And uh, like I said, a week's a long time in football; things can change. So we're uh, happy to see where we are this time next week, mate. Absolutely. Thank you, JB, and thank you to anyone who listens. I hope that your football team wins this weekend, unless it's Wolves. <laughs> <laughs>